At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is The Look Ahead right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Greg Peterson holding it down tonight for Scott Seidenberg. So very glad to be here as we've got a very loaded show. Sunday didn't wind up necessarily delivering as much playoff action as we're going to be seeing a later, a little bit later on in the week as we've got the NHL Stanley Cup Final that is going to be starting up this week. We've got the U.S. Open this week. We've still got the NBA Finals as well as we are going to be having Game 5 coming up on Monday. So... We've got a lot going on, which means that we're going to be hitting upon a lot of things tonight. And who better to join me than a locked and loaded guest list as Jason Kahn. Every single time I come in, he always delivers the goods there. As We're going to have Dave Tooley along with Dwayne Clucci joining me in the first hour. Dave, he does a great job with all of his Tooley takes, winds up just taking a look at everything in all sports. I mean, you could ask this guy anything from USFL all the way to more mainstream stuff, like when it comes to the NFL, he's always taking a look at the trends there, MLB. So we're going to have a lot to talk with him about in about 15 or so minutes of 15 p.m. Pacific time, 10, 15 p.m. Eastern time. And then Dwayne Colucci, he is the Rampart Race and Sportsbook director over here in lovely Las Vegas. So going to be chatting with him. Our number two, we're going to be joined by Andrew Cayley. He does a great job over at Covers. He's north of the border, and he does an amazing job taking a look at baseball. And we've got a relatively solid Baseball slate for Monday as well that we'll be diving into throughout the show. And then we wind up heading out to Los Angeles as well to be joined by Daniel Alvari. That's going to be a lot of fun. Take a look at a Los Angeles Angels team that as I'm on right now, they're in the bottom of the eighth inning against the New York Mets, trailing by a count of 3-1. to one. And, well, they wound up having a 14-game losing streak and a coaching firing with regards to the Angels. And we've seen some interest with regards to the Dodgers as well. So we're going to have a fun time there. And then in the final hour, we're going to be heading out to the East Coast where we're going to be joined by Ian McMillan, a tremendous guy who does a great job taking a look at baseball and also golf as well. We'll dive into the U.S. Open with him along with a little bit of Monday slate. So we've got a lot to talk about there. And something that we've got to take a look at as well is it's a little bit of a changing of the season when it comes to Major League Baseball. And as a result, we have been seeing things wind up reversing themselves a little bit with regards to the MLB trends. Many of you guys that took a look at things in the month of April. We're wondering why in the world is right around 60% of games going under the total. And we have seen that really turn on its head. You, we know that Andrew is going to be coming up in about an hour or so over there at covers. And according to covers, as we sit right now, after unders started out right around, like I said, 60% first three weeks of the season, 
This under eight is now down to 51.3% overall for the season with the Angels versus Mets game pending. We've got 436 unders, 414 overs, and obviously a few pushes along the way as well. But you take a look at what we've got in the last 30 days now in Major League Baseball, and the over eight is at 52.5%. As the weather has wound up heating up in Major League Baseball, so have the totals, and we're finding it all throughout baseball. Just take a look at Sunday. You wind up seeing a bunch of double-figure numbers put up in the Baltimore Orioles game. Orioles wind up taking down the Kansas City Royals by kind of 10-7. to 7. You wind up having the New York Yankees put up two touchdowns and two safeties against the Chicago Cubs 18-4 to 4, as Frank Schwindel wound up pitching like at 40 miles per hour for the Cubs at the end of that game. That was a little bit unfortunate. Just missing double figures. The Houston Astros wound up putting up a nine spot against the Miami Marlins, and then you had the Arizona Diamondbacks go up against a Philadelphia Phillies team that was riding their longest win streak in about 10 years at nine straight games. They wind up putting up a 13-burger on them, so we have been seeing it quite a bit in Major League Baseball, and I do think that it is interesting to take a look at it because there's been so much talk. Has the ball wound up being changed? Was it changed from last year to this year? Has been changed in the middle of this year as well, and what I think is really a conclusion of mine that I've come to in just watching all these games and take a look at the way the turtles have progressed is something that has went under the radar is the fact that the humidor is now playing all 30 ballparks. It used to be a case in which they would use it in Colorado. I know that Arizona, the Diamondbacks, they were using it quite a bit, but it was infrequent in a lot of ballparks. Now they're using it in every single game. And I don't know if the ball has been changed mid-season. I think from last year to this year, it certainly has been. I mean, you just take a look at the replays from 2021 to 2022, you put them side by side, and there's no doubt there's a little bit of something different, and I mean, the ball might have been changed five times this year because Rob Manfred, he's got no, I guess you call it transparency because Major League Baseball owns the producer of all these baseballs and Rawlings, which means that, well, the Major League Baseball folks, they can do whatever they want with the baseballs, so that makes things fascinating with that regard, but I do think that it has led to a case in which the weather has really been impacting baseball much more than normal. Now, normally you always want to be taking a look at things and take a look at unders a little bit earlier on the season. And then as the weather winds up warming up, humidity winds up coming into play a little bit more, especially in the northeast part of the country and the Midwest as well. Because when you wind up having games in April, we literally sometimes wind up having snow outs when it comes to places like Detroit. You certainly don't wind up having that in the middle of June, but you do wind up seeing quite a bit of a change with regards to baseball from April to where we're sitting now early to mid-June. But this year, it feels like it's been a little bit more demonstrative. And you'll just notice that there have been a lot of ballparks that, in general, have really lended themselves to overs. And then you're going to notice other ballparks, they've been a little bit more constant this year. Now, part of it is just the pitching itself with regards to some of these lineups. Because you take a look at the team that has the top bullpen ERA in the big leagues. That would actually be the Houston Astros. I feel like not a lot of people would necessarily pick them out because when you think of your great bullpens, you think of teams that wind up having that very demonstrative closer. And Ryan Presley certainly is solid for the Houston Astros, but a lot of people would think the Brewers with Josh Hader, Liam Hendricks over there with the Chicago White Sox, but the Brewers and the White Sox, well, they don't necessarily have the world's greatest guys to be able to get those dominant closers of all, but when it comes to what we've seen in Houston thus far this season, and they're going to be on the road for Monday, so we're going to be unable to attack that Houston angle, but also the Houston Astros are just uh, the top under team in baseball in general, but what you've seen with Houston is that out of their 26 home games thus far this season, just nine 
have wound up going over the total line, you're going to notice a little bit of similarity with regards to a lot of these teams that are towards the top of the MLB underrate in terms of home games. The Arizona Diamondbacks, they're number one. Eight overs, 21 unders, and a push on the total. The San Diego Padres are number two. You wind up having them come into Sunday with 10 overs, 19 unders, and a push. The Astros, who I mentioned, are number three. The Detroit Tigers just have no offense whatsoever. They're at number four. They've had 64% of their games wind up going under the total. But then you've also got the Trop as well. 13 overs, 20 unders, and a push thus far this year. And what you're noticing is that a lot of these ballparks that they are dome ballparks. They are always indoors. You've seen a little bit less change with regards to the totals in these sorts of ballparks. You even take a look at a place like Miller Park. It's been pretty much 50-50, 14 over, 13 unders. But that's a ballpark in which sometimes the roof is open, sometimes the roof is closed. And a lot of these places, that they're a little bit more outdoorsy. They're a little bit more in humid climates. That those have really been the places in which we've been seeing a lot more overs. Like, for instance, Atlanta is currently your top over ballpark with over 62% of games having gone over the total there, which I think is something that is very important to take a look at. And we're going to be seeing a lot of fascinating things for Monday popping up, especially with a total that is not on the board. You're always going to find this with Wrigley Field. You're not going to find a total at most places until the very early a.m. There are a couple places like where I'm sitting right now at Circa. Typically, they'll be daring enough to put one up at like 10 p.m. Pacific time, something in that neighborhood. So they typically do a name. As we sit right now at 10 Eastern, they actually have a total of eight and a half on this Padres versus Cubs game. So we'll be able to dive into that a little bit more. And really, they're the only book that I see in the market that has posted a total there. But I do think that it's more and more important to be taking a look at some of these, I guess you could call them ancillary sort of factors when it comes to baseball and being able to gauge these totals because it has been a fascination to take a look at. And another thing that we're seeing in Major League Baseball as well, and I think that it's worth mentioning right now is streaks. How do you wind up handicapping streaks? Because we wind up seeing a lot of them coming into Sunday, and we wind up seeing a lot of them come, into, come to an end as the Milwaukee Brewers had an eight-game losing streak going into Sunday. They get the job done against the Washington Nationals by a count of 4-1 to one with Jason Alexander. No, not the comedian from Seinfeld being able to get, deliver a halfway decent start for the Brewers. They were able to hold down the Washington Nationals. Phillies were riding a nine-game win streak. They wind up having that come to an end against the years in the Diamondbacks. Now, one that could be prolonged, although it was halted a couple days ago. That's this Angels versus Mets game. Angels currently in the top of the ninth inning trailing. They wound up losing 14 straight games before getting up off the mat, winning two out of their last three entering into Sunday. But it always does lead into how do you wind up handicapping them? And recency bias is certainly something that you always want to be trying to do your best to be able to maneuver against because you want to be recognizing that some of these teams, they wind up getting white hot and some of these teams, they wind up getting cold. That's with any sport that is with any, I would even say business in America. You wind up having good days. You wind up having bad days. I mean, you could even go to the restaurant business. There's hit or, hit or miss nights over there as well. It just is a matter of life in general. Sometimes you wind up having a good week. Sometimes you wind up having a bad week. And certainly for the Philadelphia Phillies, ever since they wound up canning Joe Girardi, they have been doing very, very well. Meanwhile, for the Milwaukee Brewers, it had been going very, very badly for them. But you don't want to be overreacting because it is a 162-game season. If a team is going a little bit cold, no question. Maybe if you would have wanted making them, if they'd be just sort of 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games, so the ultimate 500 team. If you would place them in that spot, a minus 145, they're riding a five-game losing streak, something in that neighborhood, getting them down to about a minus 140, even a minus 135 
that is something that maybe you want to be taking a look at. With that said, you don't want to be making an overreaction as well, which typically you will find that in quite a bit of places as you wind up seeing the Milwaukee Brewers on Sunday wind up closing as a minus 120. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Three favorite against a Washington Nationals team that, quite frankly, is in the bottom five of the big leagues with regards to home record and threw out there a guy in Paul Espino who, I mean, God bless him, he's a relatively solid pitcher and has been able to do a nice job of holding down the fort as a long guy, but Probably not a guy that should be in a pretty close to a pick game against the Milwaukee Brewers. So, lots to be able to take a look at. We're going to be breaking down a lot of baseball on the show tonight. We're going to be taking a look at the U.S. Open. We're going to be taking a look at the NHL and NBA Finals as well. So, lots coming up on the next three hours, including our man Dave Tooley. Does a tremendous job over here at taking a look at all trends in sports. Over here at VSIN, he's going to be joining me next right here on the lookout on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The MLB season is in full swing, and you can play ball with the Peacock MLB Sunday leadoff challenge. Just draft your players and compete for free for up to $10,000 in prizes. Visit DraftKings.com Peacock for more information. Don't just watch your shows. Peacock them. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com for details as it is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson, holding it down for Scott Seidenberg. And this man joins us every Sunday on the look at it. And he does an amazing job over here at VEASAN. Takes a look at a little bit of everything and does so all so well. It is Dave Tooley. You're able to follow him at, on Twitter at View from Vegas. And Dave, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Hey, always glad to... Spend Sunday night with the look ahead. Always great to spend Sunday night with Dave Tooley. And Dave, I know that you and I are both going to be taking a look at this game for Monday as it is going to be the Miami Marlins against the Philadelphia Phillies. Phillies have been a, shall we say, fascinating team over the last two weeks because we all know what wound up happening. They can Joe Girardi, and then from there, they wind up going on a big win streak <laughs> that wound up getting snapped here on Sunday. But currently find them right around about a minus 135-ish favorite Total of seven and a half with Aaron Nola going up against Sandy Alcantara. And you're looking at guys that are going towards the top of the board with regards to Cy Young odds. That'd be Sandy Alcantara. So is there anything in particular that you're taking a look at with this game? Because you've got one very hot pitcher for the Miami Marlins and one very hot team with the Philadelphia Phillies. Right. Yeah. The main reason I was looking at it is because the, yeah, the Phillies are in an anti-swagger spot after having a nine-game win streak. 
after uh, yeah, you mentioned Girardi getting fired. So yeah, they yeah they finally had that snap. So that's that's an anti swagger spot that we write about in our to these taste today column each morning. And so yeah, the, the Marlins are to play there, but again, I think this is really lined this way because just because the Phillies have been so hot. Because yeah, Alcantara is six and two. Uh, the Marlins are eight and four in games that he has started. Uh, Nolan is, Nola is only four and four, and the Phillies are four and eight in his starts. And Alcantara has got the better ERA. Their their whips are just about similar. So yeah, I, I think you know just even if it wasn't an anti spider spot, I think uh, you know it should be a lot closer to pick them here. So I think we get you know value in the uh, yeah plus uh, one thirty five range. Yep, I do think that being able to get north of a plus 125 on the Miami Marlins in this spot, very, very good. And I mean, it's a spot in which you take a look at Sandy Alcantara. He's literally given up three earned runs in his last six starts. So I am in agreement with you there. And when it comes to these streaks that we wind up seeing in Major League Baseball, how do you wind up gauging them personally? Because I mean, I mentioned it with Philadelphia Phillies, they were on a very long streak. And I don't think that you should completely ignore a team that is on like a six or seven game win streak, six or seven game losing streak, like the Milwaukee Brewers were going into Sunday as well. But with that said, I do feel like sometimes the numbers get a little bit overboard with the way that they wind up getting taken into account as well. Right, exactly. I mean, if if you are you know betting on streaks, I mean, you should best definitely be betting with the streak. You know, the old saying is you know, you can win multiple games betting with the streak, but you can only lose once. <laughs> when it gets snapped, uh, so same thing with uh, betting against a team that's on a losing streak. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of people that you know fade the really, uh, really bad teams. Although you know the Brewers are in an eight-game losing streak, <laughs> and they're certainly not a bad team, but uh, they're they're coming back back to the pack. But uh, yeah, so that's why I like to yeah again bet the swagger or the anti-swagger spot. Uh, swagger play being after a team breaks a losing streak, gets some swagger back, and then uh, often plays well again the next game. And, uh, yeah, fading teams in the anti-swagger spot. Yep, it is always certainly interesting to take a look at those. And then there is always a case of which betting on do for one is not necessarily the worst. or not necessarily the best thing in the world. Something that I would personally avoid a little bit personally as we're going to be seeing a lot of these teams on Monday that many of them, like the Philadelphia Phillies, they were on a streak. They wound up having that snap. So it's going to be interesting as well. And then you've got another team in the Atlanta Braves who – they're on a massive win streak as well. I'm not sure if you've got anything with regards to Braves versus Washington Nationals, but I mean, this is an Atlanta Braves team that now they're on a double-digit win streak, and it's really intriguing to take a look at them. Obviously, you're going to be finding them a little bit more chalky than the Philadelphia Phillies because you got a national right. team that they were on a little bit of a win streak, but would this be a little bit of a swagger spot for you as well on the Atlanta Braves? Well, again, they'll be an anti-swagger when they finally lose <laughs> as the lose streak end. So um, again, if I do bet them as a favorite, I would probably just you know par- you know parlay them with uh, you know another favorite like the Yankees or something like that. Um, I, I usually don't I usually don't lay the, the big juice on just a single favorite. Yep, I don't blame you there. It would be a case in which I would much rather take a run line of the Atlanta Braves here than the money line personally, especially with them being out the road team. You wind up getting those ninth inning last ups, so that winds up helping out a little bit as well and. Certainly when it comes to a team like the Atlanta Braves as well, they are going up against Washington Nationals team that I just am still begrudging the fact that they wound up sending you on a dome down to the minor leagues. It was such a cash cow betting against <laughs> that guy as well. So that was a yeah, little bit. 
Scott, Scott Seidenberg's in mourning, too. Yeah, I, I was texting with him earlier this week. Some very big sadness when we wound up seeing that news get passed along a couple days ago. He was supposed to start on Sunday, so that made me a little bit sad. But with that said, what makes me happy is the fact that we are getting Game 5 of the NBA Finals on Monday. It's going to be Celtics versus the Golden State Warriors with a lot of places having this at a 3.5. We've seen a couple 4s pop up as well as where I'm sitting right now at Circa. They've got a 4 on the Golden State Warriors. How are you going to be looking at this one? Because obviously, been a topsy-turvy series. You've seen... Pretty much a reversal in every single one of the games as Celtics game take game one, Warriors game two, Celtics game three, Warriors game four. Do you think this trend winds up continuing or do you think that we might wind up finally seeing a little bit of consistency here? No, at the the beginning of the series, uh, I I took the Celtics uh, plus 45 in the series and I've been following the zigzag. Uh, Even I, I even took the Warriors in game four. As, as dogs on the road, so no, I'm I'm back on the Celtics on Monday night. I I much prefer when there's only two get two two days off in between games instead of three, because uh, I, th- I think that uh, you know hel- helps teams bounce back uh, quicker too. Uh, but again, I, I think you know these teams overall are, are pretty evenly matched. So again, I think uh, the plus three and a half is the play. Or again, if you can get the four. And what have you been making out of this? Just NBA playoffs in general. I mean, forget the finals, but with regards to the NBA playoffs in general, we've been noticing this a lot. We just haven't seen a lot of games come down onto the spread. We've been seeing a lot of cases in which right. if you want to take it the favorite, it didn't matter how many points you want to blame, they wanted being able to get there because the margin of victory was so big. And with the underdogs, a lot of them, they haven't just covered, but they've wound up winning outright, which has been just really something that I've noticed this, this postseason because we've seen such few games come down to that spread. Yeah, again, I've been I've been tracking the games all postseason long, and yeah, there's only been seven games um, <laughs> out of the what is that? Seven to eighty-five, eighty-five total games, only seven. So one out of every twelve, eight percent of the games only have uh, had the spread come into play. So it's uh, yeah, it's definitely been you know where you're just trying to pick the winner, which you know obviously isn't, isn't as easy as it sounds. <laughs> you need to find uh, where when the dogs are stepping up. But uh, again, hopefully we have uh, the right one on Monday. Yeah, but I mean, it certainly has been very interesting. And if you do like the Boston Celtics as well, we're starting to see a couple fours come onto the market as well. So it will be interesting to see if we wind up seeing a little bit of line movement before tip of that as well. And we also now have a Stanley Cup final that is set as well. We're going to have a couple days before this wind is getting going, but it's going to be Lightning and the Colorado Avalanche doing battle for Lord Stanley's Cup. And how are you going to be taking a look at the Stanley Cup finals? Because... I mean, we wound up seeing it with regards to the Lightning's last series against the New York Rangers. It was just a haven of unders when it came to the back half of that series. Game one winds up going over, and then pretty much everything wound up landing four and five. So you were able to get a bunch of unders with regards to that series. But as we know, Colorado, a little bit of a different animal in terms of just the way that they wind up attacking the net. So what are you going to be taking a look at with regards to the Stanley Cup final? Yeah, I'm going to bet the Lightning on the series. I mean, obviously, you know, they've shown their championship pedigree to attend to defending champs, and uh, uh, and they've uh, and they won all three series as dogs. I'm, t- I'm trying to remember if they were uh, dogs in the opening round, but um, but yeah, uh, and people try to dis- dismiss them, dismiss them, think other teams are going to pop up, but uh, here here we are in the finals. Um, now I'm, I'm taking, like I said, I'm taking plus 155 in the series. I'm just hoping to get the split out of the first two games. I'm not going to play game one again. 
a little trepidation with, you know, again, we don't know if uh, Colorado, if we're going to see, uh, you know, rest or rust out of them for game one. But so, again, just hoping the Lightning can uh, steal one of uh, the first two games in uh, in Denver. Yep. And then are you going to be taking a look at any of these totals at all? Because it's been really interesting to take a look at those because you had polar opposites with a whole bunch of unders when it came to what we wound up seeing out of the Lightning series. Meanwhile, with the Avalanche, you wound up seeing as high as seven and seven halves in their series against the Oilers. Yeah, I, I would lean towards the over, but uh, again, game game one, I think I'm gonna um, I think I'm gonna sit out and uh, and see again how these teams uh, attack each other. Do not blame me there. A little bit of a feel out between. Two tremendous teams and the Stanley Cup Finals is going to be amazing. And Dave, you do a great job of covering everything here at the network. Always a pleasure to have you on, my friend. Thank you. All right, great. Thanks. Have a good good week. It doesn't get much better than being able to talk some shop with Dave. He does a terrific job taking a look at all markets. And coming up next, we're going to be heading down to lovely Las Vegas. Go to the Rampart and talk with Dwayne Clucci right here on the Lookout on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. This segment of the look at is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, which is a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke free, spit free, and they're available in 10 varieties that come in two strengths, so that way you can easily find a satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch available in over 100,000 locations nationwide. So visit zyn.com slash find to be able to locate a store nearest you. That is zyn.com slash find. Warning, this is a product that contains nicotine and nicotine. It is an addictive chemical. As we're back here on the lookout with myself, Greg Peterson, and now we head down to the rampart. That's where we find Dwayne Clucci. He does a great job as the race and sports book director over there. You're able to follow him on Twitter at NYBookieDwayne and one of the most friendly men there you're going to find out here in Las Vegas. And Dwayne, Always great to have you aboard. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Greg. I really appreciate being on, and always a pleasure to join you. It's always a pleasure to have you aboard. And, Dwayne, I know that you absolutely love the NHL, and this is a time of year in which the NHL action is just so hot and heavy, and we've got the Stanley Cup final coming up. This is the matchup that I know you wanted. This is a matchup that I wanted. We're going to get the Lightning and the Colorado Avalanche slugging it out, and right now, over at a lot of books, we're finding the Avalanche be right around minus 170 to minus 175 with regards to the series price. Is that where you guys are sitting? And what sort of action have you been finding? Because I know that a lot of books may want to open this up a little bit higher on the Avalanche. Yeah, definitely, Greg. We opened it at 2-1 to one at the Rampart in South Point. And uh, definitely, we garnered a lot of lightning money as the Sharps jumped and uh, really were like sharks at it. You know, now we're sitting at 170 at the Rampart in South Point. So you're seeing a 30-cent move there, which is significant money, uh, you know, which moves that line. But this is an excellent, excellent matchup like you were uh, leading in. Definitely the two teams that I wanted to see from a handle perspective, well, you know, when you round it down to the final four teams. And Tampa got the job done, three straight victories. Vasilevsky, we know how good this guy is in closeout games. I mean, it's just phenomenal. And he is one of the premier goaltenders of my era. You have to start mentioning this guy now with Brodeur, Rua, Hasek, and so forth. So definitely he got the job done. And it's going to be interesting to see if Tampa could get Braden points 
point back into the lineup. We know how effective he's been during the playoffs, uh, you know, the past couple of years. And it was tough to sustain his injury and still overcome the Rangers. But a, a great job, John Cooper, as usual, an excellent, excellent head coach. And they had so many different aspects. Even Stamco started to really play well down the stretch. We know how good Kucherov is, 23 playoff points once again. And Tampa is going to be very, very difficult to stop. But on the other hand, you have the Colorado Avalanche now, Greg, who were just sitting around for the last week, definitely getting their help and hopefully their legs underneath them. We're going to see if Darcy Kemper comes back healthy, as well as uh, McKinnon and all the boys over there. So sometimes inactivity hurts you. Sometimes it helps you. It's going to be interesting to see how that longer stretch of inactivity affects these Colorado Avalanche. And have you been noticing a lot of people fading the Colorado Avalanche in game one because of that rest? Because this opened up in a lot of places closer to minus 170 with regards to the game one price. And right now I'm taking a look. A lot of places have this in between minus 160 and minus 165. So it feels like the market has been reacting a little bit to that and have been taking the lightning as a little bit more of the team that has gotten, for lack of a better term, a little bit more of a sweat more recently. Yeah, definitely. I think it took effect mostly, Greg, on that series price. Like I said, 2-1 to one down to 170. The game was seeing some lightning action, but I think it's more of a factor that if they do happen to come out cold and lose one of those first two at home, it becomes where you lose that home ice advantage and then the value starts to come from the consumer's point of view in the series price. I think the first game is definitely going to be difficult to gauge. We're going to see if Tampa is a little exhausted. I mean, that Rangers series was very, very difficult and a physical one. I mean, you know how Truba was laying beatings on guys and you had Reeves who even sat out the last game. He was very physical in the game prior to the finale. Uh, you know, I think it costed him ice time in that final game just because he was, uh, you know, roughhousing. So the Rangers definitely were playing a physical brand of hockey and it could take its toll on Tampa. And, you know, definitely it's going to be a huge, huge loss not having Kadri around for the Colorado Avalanche. He was such an intricate part getting them into these Stanley Cup finals. And like I said, not that Francis isn't an excellent goaltender, but you would much rather see a, a healthy Darcy Kemper. And they beat them twice in the regular season, Greg, and they were both close games. Colorado won a shootout as well as a 3-2 victory. So this is going to be nip and tuck. I, I really think it's going to be a lot on the coaching, a lot on uh, bad penalties. Tampa was able to rectify that against the Rangers not taking those penalties and finding themselves in the penalty box where the Rangers were definitely the best team in hockey on the power play and now you're facing the second best team in the playoffs Colorado has a 32% power play in the playoffs thus far so Tampa has to maintain their stability and their intelligence not finding themselves in the penalty box Vasilevsky is the better goaltender out of the uh, three that are available to on the Colorado side and himself so it's going to be a great series. Yep, I agree with you. And how much do you think the injuries have played a little bit of a part with regards to some of the line movement and the line itself that we have seen? Because typically you don't wind up talking overly much about individual injuries when it comes to the NHL just because these teams are just so deep. But with that said, Braden Point perhaps coming back for the Lightning. Got to feel like that warrants a couple cents for them. And then you mentioned the pair of injuries that we're seeing for the Colorado Avalanche. Got to think that that winds up hurting them a little bit as well, especially with sort of the immediacy of what we wound up seeing in the last few games of that Oilers series. 
Yeah, Greg, the leadership that Braden Point brings is, uh, you know, it's insurmountable. You know how valuable this guy is. So if he can possibly push it and play somewhat healthy, that is such a big advantage. He's such a big playoff performer. And we are, on the other hand, talking about the starting goaltender for the Avalanche who went down, up a body injury or whatever it was. It wasn't disclosed. As well as Kadri, you saw that vicious hit by Evander Kane. That was definitely, uh, you know, he is a premier player performer. He was working so well with Landis Gog McKinnon and those guys. But, you know, Kale McCarr is definitely the wave of the future. This guy is just a monster. You still have him there. Landis Gog started to show his leadership down the stretch. And McKinnon is probably going to be, you know, he and Kucherov dueling for the best player and the superstar status during the Stanley Cup Finals. So the injuries definitely play, especially when factoring this in, calculating lines. And I think Braden Point's going to be a go. I mean, from what the signs the coaching staff in Tampa give, he's definitely going to be able to play this series. And Kemper, we're going to see. You know, that remains to be seen, but he's very, very important. I believe a healthy Darcy Kemper is a little better than the uh, Pavel Francois. Yep, it's going to be so interesting to take a look at that because if you're able to get point at even I would say 75% that is going to be absolutely massive for the Tampa Bay Lightning and what else is absolutely massive is taking a look at what we're all getting out there on the hardwood as well as game five of the NBA finals that's going to be coming up on Monday and not necessarily a shock to myself we've seen this line for the Golden State Warriors they've been the ones getting a little bit of action they open up at a three and a half point favorite in a lot of spots we've seen a couple fours wind up hitting the market as well. Have you been seeing the money wind up coming in over there at the Rampart? Because I've got to think that following that Game 4 win, quite a few people have been taking a shot on the Warriors to be able to follow that up. Yeah, definitely, Greg. And you're going back to Golden State now, and that was just such a great game for Steph Curry and the Warriors. We're seeing the Warrior money trickle in, and the ticket count is, uh, you know, a little lopsided towards Golden State, but we haven't come uh, to the four yet. We're sitting at three and a half and 212 at the Rampart in South Point. Still a lot of Boston backers out there, and you don't want to be quick to pull the trigger. I mean, this has been a very, very tough difficult series to handicap. You kind of had a sense Golden State had an excellent chance in the last game when the line was not moving. No matter how many people were saying that they're backing the Celtics, the Celtics are the better team. You didn't really see the money pour in on Boston, and the line really held stable at that three-and-a-half range as well in the last game. So it's going to be really... Uh, you know, I want to see how the crowd is, if they're really supporting Golden State, which they should be. Definitely Clay Thompson has to perform well. Jordan Poole, those guys, they have to help Steph a little. He was amazing. He's just probably the best player that's available now remaining on the floor, including Tatum and Brown. Definitely the front runner for the MVP of this, uh, you know, finals thus far. And if they could get the job done at home, going to be real difficult and a lot of pressure on the Celtics who seem to have swayed the advantage but you know it was a little deceiving Golden State is still strong you still have Draymond that heart and soul Curry is unbelievable Greg so uh, I want to see this game I'm really excited I want to see how the public also starts to back uh, I feel Golden State I think we're going to get a lot of Golden State late money in this game tomorrow night I would not doubt it as we are out here in lovely Las Vegas as we know California, not too far of a drive from here, so would not be surprised if we wind up seeing a lot of folks come over across state lines, wind up firing in on the Golden State Warriors, and 
Not a surprise that one of the best in the business always delivers once again. Dwayne, it is a pleasure having you on week in and week out here on The Look At. Great to be able to get you on once again. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me on, Greg. It's a real pleasure, and have a great Sunday evening. You as well, Dwayne. Dwayne, one of the best that you're going to find out here in Las Vegas. Always great to chat with him, and we're going to follow up that next. We're going to take a little bit more of a dive on Game 5 of Warriors versus Celtics right here on The Look at Next, here on VSync, the Sports Bank Network. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check out the current betting splits data. The betting split page shows you where the money and the bets are moving for every single game, and now it's updated every 10 minutes, so that way you can see all the changes in the action. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money just doesn't wind up matching up with the public opinion. You're able to check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way that VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. So check out today's betting splits for every single game. Now at VEASAN.com as it is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson. And got to give a big thank you to the two gentlemen that joined me the last two segments. Dave Tooley does an amazing job over here with a little bit of everything that we wind up doing at VEASAN. Whether it be Tooley's takes, whether it be all the contributions that he winds up making with Point Spread Weekly. Guy covers it all. And then Dwayne Colucci. Over there at the Rampart Race. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Sportsbook. Just, I mean when I say it, one of the most friendly men out there in Las Vegas. Every time you come to Las Vegas, got to visit the Rampart. They do a great job just running a tremendous operation, and they just always provide good quality customer service. So it is always great to be able to get those two guys on the podcast every single Sunday. So big thanks to them. And now let's take a look at everything that we've got in the NBA as it's game five of the NBA finals. We know that we're going to be getting a game six. We are going to be TBD on whether or not we're going to be getting a game seven. But with that said, right now we've got the Warriors finding themselves anywhere between a three and a half and a four point favorite here in game five with a total of 212. And we're seeing a couple fours populate. I would not be surprised if when the thing winds up taking off, if we do wind up seeing a little bit more of a four four across the market. Because right now, one of the few fours I'm seeing is right where I sit right here at Circa. But when it comes to this Warriors team, I was very impressed by what I wound up seeing in game four. And the big thing for the Warriors is just continuing to be able to hit the glass. That I think is going to be the most important thing for them because the Celtics their big advantage over the Warriors in this series is having a little bit more size. And 
I do like the little bit of shakeup that we wound up seeing from the Golden State Warriors in Game 4. They wanted to bring in Kevon Looney in off the bench rather than having him as a starter, and it seemed to work out really well just with everything that the Warriors were looking to do in general. They wanted to bring in Otto Porter as a starter, and not like Otto Porter wanted to play more minutes or anything like that. He wanted just playing the 15 minutes, but you can tell that Kevon Looney was brought in a little bit more situationally, and he actually wound up having the best plus-minus of any player for the Golden State Warriors if he wound up taking his rebound prop over. Well, he wound up getting there very easily with 11 rebounds and did a very solid job just in every matchup that he was presented with as the Warriors wound up winning that rebound battle by a count of 55-42. to 42. Now, I think it would be a little bit far-fetched to think that the Warriors would be able to win the rebound battle again in this one by 13, but I would say the big thing for them is being able to play even up. If they wind up playing it to where the rebound discrepancy is like 47 to 45, whether they're on the winning end or losing out of it, I do think that the Warriors are going to be fine. Now, when it comes to the rest of the Golden State Warriors, it's been intriguing to take a look at Raymond Green, to say the least, because I do think that the whole technical foul thing that we wound up hearing going into game three, it was a little bit overblown. Draymond Green is a guy that he really does know his role in this series, and it's to be a little bit of a, shall we say, bother. I could use a much more aggressive word, but I think a bother, I think, is the best way of being able to put it while well, being able to keep it PG. But he's just looking to get into that of the Golden State Warrior or the Boston Celtics. He really hasn't had a big game to this point. His biggest game was one in game two. He wound up having nine points. He was able to put up seven assists. He's just there to really blow things and really be able to help out his teammates. And we have been able to see that with Steph Curry being able to take off. But what I still think we're going to see in this series is at some point, we're going to see that Klay Thompson eruption. We have seen it in every series at this point that the Golden State Warriors have had. You notice it when it came to a lot of the closeout games as well, because when they wound up closing out the Memphis Grizzlies, he went out for 30 points, went 8 of 14 from three-point range. Didn't necessarily have that in the Denver Nuggets series, because that Nuggets series, well, that was pretty much a blowout, though. In game four of that series, which very well could have been the closeout, he wound up having 32 points, went 7 of 11 from three-point range. He was very open to being able to can some shots there, and then in that Dallas Mavericks series in game five, he puts up 32 points, goes off 8 of 16, three-point shooting, and thus far in the series, he's only been able to exceed 18 points once. That was in Game 3, where he wound up putting up 25, went 5 of 13 from three-point range, and overall for the series, shooting right around 33.5% from distance. I do think that that's going to be taking up a little bit, and what else was big for the Golden State Warriors in their win in Game 4 was that you just wound up seeing a little bit of a different Andrew Wiggins. The 17 points were very solid. That was a little bit of a tick-up, but I mean, he was just absolutely dominating on the glass. 16 rebounds. He did a very solid job of knowing his role there. And I think that that's going to be very important moving forward. And what I think is going to be important for having Andrew Wiggins just being able to have that sort of role again is being able to get a little bit more out of Jordan Poole because he has really not been able to play up to his full potential, in my opinion, in this series. He did wind up having 14 points in that game four win, but Take a look at him overall for the series. He's been a little bit off with regards to his three-point shooting. His only shot above 30% from distance in one of the games in the series. That was in game two where he wanted going 5-9 from distance. Overall, he's shooting 32.5% from three. So I do think that there's a little bit of room to grow for the Warriors. Now, they're facing off against a Boston Celtics team that has been just supreme on defense all season long. So that does wind up causing for a little bit of a wrinkle there. And with the Celtics, it has been a case in which it's been interesting to take a look at the usage of Marcus Smart as well because Smart legitimately wound up having a relatively decent game four where he wound up putting up 18 points, five assists, four steals, but 
he wound up having by far the worst plus minus of all the starters out there for the Celtics at a minus 17. So I do take a look at that matchup, and I do think that that's one to be able to watch because Smart, obviously known for his defense, he's been able to come along for the ride with regards to his three-point shooting, be able to contribute a little bit more offensively. Year in and year out, he's gotten a tad bit better, but when I take a look at this Celtics team, I think that you can correlate this a little bit as to what is going to be going on. If you think that some of the role players are going to be going over their total, like a Derek White, for example, I do think that that's going to be able to put this team in relatively good standing for being able to get the job done. And if they do not, if you do not wind up having someone like a Derek White being able to step up, Grant Williams, his player prop is at a five and a half. If he's able to get into, I would say eight points is what you were, would be looking for out of Grant Williams. Anything more would be terrific. I don't expect him to wind up having any sort of interruption like he wound up having in that closeout game against the Milwaukee Bucks where he went off for 25-plus. But that said, I do think that Grant Williams is going to need to step up a little bit for the Boston Celtics. And then when it comes to taking a look at the Golden State Warriors, I think that it's really hard to wind up going against what we've seen out of Seth Curry thus far. 30.5 points is right now where his player prop is set with the Juice at a minus 120. I don't know if I would want to take it over. I'm certainly not taking it under, though. With the way that he has been able to play in this series and the way that he's had to go into, for lack of a better term, takeover mode, that is something that you've got to be taking a look at as well. And I do think that it is a little bit correlated with regards to the superstars as well. If you think that Steph Curry is going to go over his player prop, I don't know if you could wind up taking Klay Thompson to be able to go over as well. And the same goes for the Boston Celtics. I only think that one of two in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are going to be going over, although I think that you could wind up getting both to wind up trending under like we did wind up seeing in Game 4. I think that that's a big thing with regards to it because I do think that it's going to be a similar game to what we wind up seeing in Game 4 where it's not like it's going to be a complete tanker Rooney in which this thing winds up going under with neither team being able to get to 100 or anything like that, but I do think that you're going to see another relatively lower scoring game and you even take a look at the over that we wind up seeing in Game number 3 you wind up having that game just wind up completely dying towards the end of it. It's really been a series of ebbs and flows thus far. The only game that really wanted comfortably going over the total, though. Game three, you could say that it did wind up going comfortably over the total when it was happening. In terms of the final, it barely wound up creeping over because the Warriors just could not wind up hitting anything towards the final seven to eight minutes of that game. But that would be game one, and that's where Al Horford wound up just really having its good three-point shooting night. And I do think that Al Horford offers a little bit of value with his player prop at 9.5. He's really that wily veteran for the Boston Celtics. And we talk about the championship pedigree that the Golden State Warriors have. Seth Curry, Clay Thompson, they've been a part of all these along Draymond Green. They do have a couple new role players, though. And it's sort of the opposite for the Boston Celtics. Jason Tatum is a guy that's playing in his first final along Jalen Brown. But Al Horford is the one guy that's really been there, done that. A guy that he, I mean, if you want to go way back, wound up winning those titles while he was at Florida back in the mid-2000s and mid-aughts. So, I mean, this is a guy that has certainly been around the block, but I think that that is something that is worth taking a look at and something that I want to touch upon with Dave Tooley as well is that these games have just not been landing on the spread. If you do like like the Golden State Warriors, obviously play a three and a half rather than a four, but it's been a case in which... The number has not really come into play. I believe that Dave wound up saying that 8% of games thus far in the just entirety of the NBA playoffs have landed on the spread. And 
That's something to take a look at as well. If you like the Boston Celtics, might be worth taking a look at the money line rather than the spread. I personally do think that the Golden State Warriors are still going to be able to pull out this series. I do think that they're going to win in either six or seven games. I tend to think that it's going to be seven games, but I do like the Golden State Warriors here. I would always encourage if you're looking to lay it, perhaps try to look for a little bit of a better number in-game with the way that things have been a little bit topsy-turvy. But with that said, I do like the Golden State Warriors to still win the series, and I like them in Game 5 as well. So it's going to be intriguing to see what we wind up getting there, and we're going to take a look at the MLB up next and what we're getting for Monday right here on VSIN. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play, from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare 